Thank you, gracious God, for Luke and his witness, and grant that we may follow faithfully in becoming a church that looks and acts like Jesus. Amen. Today we celebrate our patron, St. Luke. Now why this parish ended up with that name, Luke, we are not entirely sure. We were established in 1753, and that was the name given by the Colonial Assembly. But there was no further explanation. In the 270 years since then, we have been a part of the fabric of this community of Salisbury, a leader in mission, a refuge for those facing the storms of life, a place where people have come and seen the love of God in Jesus Christ. For this legacy and for St. Luke, whose witness has guided and inspired our ministry, we give thanks to God and pray for the continued guidance and grace of the Spirit. That word patron, it's related to the word for father. A patron is one who supports and sponsors the work of other. A patron generally sets the direction of the commission. So the patron both enables and directs. Well, we are blessed to have Luke as our patron, as his witness is inspiring and his example is illustrative for us. Luke was born early in the first century, likely between the years 1 and 16. He was born and raised in Antioch, a Greek-speaking part of the Roman Empire in what today we would call Syria. This means that scholars think that Luke was a Gentile convert to Christianity, meaning he was not Jewish first. He was a traveling companion of St. Paul and seems to be one of his closest and most reliable partners in ministry. Together they went to Macedonia, Philippi, and Rome. He died sometime between 84 and 100, likely in Greece. And it's not clear if he died due to martyrdom or natural causes. That's a little bit of the biography of Luke. For, for the rest of the sermon, I want to name four things that Luke is remembered for, and then reflect on how his witness is something that helps us to follow, look, and act like the one that Luke sought to follow, look, and act like, Jesus. First, as we heard in this morning's collect, Luke is remembered as a physician. Some scholars believe that Luke was enslaved, which strikes us as rather odd today, but it was typical at that time to have a slave be trained as a physician so that the household would always have medical care available. In a time before clinics or hospitals, that makes a little bit more sense. It also helps us to understand why St. Paul, who we know had some health issues, was so keen to always have Luke at his side. Now, it's not often that we hear from the book of Sirach. Sometimes it's called Ecclesiasticus. It is read, though, on the feast of St. Luke because the section we heard extols the gift of healing that God gives to physicians and pharmacists. Sirach reminds us that God's works will never be finished 
and from God health spreads over all the earth. I am thankful for the ministry of physicians, and we remember that the healing arts are not human achievements, but divine gifts. The care and healing that we receive from dentists, nurses, and therapists come from God and flow through those practitioners, such as Luke. We all know, though, that there are limits to modern medicine. Dementia is one of the cruelest diseases there is, and there's little we can do about it. Not every cancer can be eradicated. And as we have all lived through recently, we know that a virus can adapt faster than we can. And while God does desire to bring healing to our bodies, God is also concerned with healing our spirits, relationships, politics, economy, and society. In Luke's telling of the gospel, the inaugural sermon given by Jesus is what we heard read this morning, and it tells us something about the healing that Jesus brings. Quoting from the prophet Isaiah, Jesus proclaims that he has come to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives, sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, God's favor to all. That's quite a mission statement. Essentially, Jesus is saying, I will make all things well. And then Jesus goes even further. He says, in your hearing, this has been accomplished. Jesus is claiming that in him, all healing is found. In Jesus, there is enough peace to mediate all of our conflicts. There is enough mercy to assuage our guilt. There is enough love to soften our hardened hearts. There is enough in common to put aside our divisions. There is enough life to overcome even death. And this healing grace of Jesus is what enables beloved community to thrive. Beloved community is something that we as a parish have heard God summon us into. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. If nothing else, St. Luke's parish is here to be a place where people can safely put down their burdens and find rest in Jesus. One of the things that I am most proud of about this parish is that it does not matter who you are, and I would have no hesitation to say that you would be welcomed here. Male, female, or neither, gay or straight, between jobs or a business owner, married or single, black or white, elder or younger, conservative or liberal, all are welcomed and embraced here because we do not try to be or claim to be a church that has it all figured out. We all are carrying burdens and we all need healing. That's what allows us to pursue beloved community. We're not pursuing success or perfection, but rather love. And there is always another seat at love's table. And when we are all together, it is amazing what love can do through us. Whether it's our fellowship with one another, the physician's closet, the partnerships and work of our foundation and mission committee, or our work around racial healing, we pray that we might continually be given to ministries of healing so the beloved community will flourish among us. Luke is also remembered as an evangelist. 
as he authored one of the four Gospels and the book of Acts. Now, most people think that St. Paul is the most prolific New Testament author, but that's not even close to true. Luke and Acts together are 60% longer than the letters genuinely written by Paul. And the opening verses in Luke and Acts, and when you think about Luke and Acts, think about one volume in a sort of a two-act sort of play. With John sandwiched between them, we get confused about that, but it's one work. And that work begins with Luke writing, since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among you, I too decided after investigating everything very carefully from the very first to write an orderly account for you so that you may know the truth. And that word that Luke uses for truth is asphaleia. It's where we get our word asphalt. This good news of what the Father, Son, and Spirit are up to is the solid foundation, the cornerstone of our lives. The story of grace, mercy, hope, and love is solid. It is secure, something we can stand on. At St. Luke's Parish, a core part of our identity is our intentional worship. And when we say intentional, we mean both that worship is planned out, because we want our words and actions to form us and support us in our faith, but also because we worship for the purpose of being transformed into the beloved community that God would have us to become. We worship with the intention of being transformed. We gather in worship to be immersed in the story of God's call to love God, our neighbor, and ourselves. We gather to grow as members of the body of Christ, we gather to be fed from the riches of God's grace. We gather to be assured that we are known, loved, and redeemed. Intentional worship is the beating heart of this parish and makes us who we are. For 270 years, intentional worship has gathered us, strengthened us, and sent us out on mission. And we pray that whatever 270 years from now looks like, still being rooted in this story of Jesus that St. Luke tells, this parish will still be grounded in intentional worship. One of the most significant things that this parish has done in recent memory was the commissioning and installation of seven icons in the church and three in the chapel. These icons express our commitment to being a living tradition and one that is committed to beloved community. And it's quite fitting that we undertook this project because our patron, Luke, is remembered as the first iconographer. Luke is the patron saint of artists. Now, there are a lot of ways to explain what an icon is, but an icon is not a portrait. It is not a painting. Rather, they have been called prayers, written in color and line. Icons are windows that allow us to see more deeply into the mysteries and realities of the divine. Some have said that icons are the books of theology and the biblical commentaries of the Orthodox tradition. For us, these icons make manifest the witness of the saints 
to God's abundant grace and of our calling to beloved community. We heard St. Paul in 1 Thessalonians commending the faithful by saying, For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, of how you turned to God from idols, to serve a living and true God, to wait for his Son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus. In other words, St. Paul is saying that the people functioned like an icon that allowed others to see the grace and power of Jesus in them. And I wonder, when people look at us, what do they see? What does our witness say about what we believe? How does our involvement in the community make room for the Spirit to act? What pipe might people think about Jesus when they learn that we are some of his followers? What sort of icon is our parish? Our deepest belief is the abundant grace of God. Everything flows out of the sense that we are loved, not because we earned it, but because God is love. And there is an abundance of this grace. We don't have to compete with one another over it because God has given us a gracious plenty. Our prayer is that we become an icon of God's abundant grace in our community. Lastly, St. Luke is remembered as an apostle. The word apostle, it means one who is sent out. St. Luke was sent on a mission to make known the good news, to proclaim the difference that Christ makes in our lives, in our sins, in our fears, and ultimately in our deaths. And as a parish, this is why we exist. Rotary provides good civic engagement. You can find good fellowship over at Coco Java. <coughs> Rowan Helping Ministries does good service in our community. Great art can be found at the symphony or waterworks. You can audit classes at Hood Seminary or Rowan Cabarrus Community College if you want to learn more about something. But if we think that any of these things, fellowship, mission, education, community engagement, or the arts is our mission, then we have grossly misunderstood our identity. Our purpose in gathering, the reason we ask you to give your money here, the motive for asking you to volunteer is so that we can become attuned to the difference that Christ makes and then be a part of that difference in the world. That's why it's right at the top of our identity statement. Come and see the difference Christ makes. That is why we exist. And that is a mission not given to any other group. The church is a place of hope, of humility, of wonder, of mercy, of unity without uniformity, of sacred encounters. And these are all enabled by the difference that Christ makes. Jesus assures us that our sins do not define us, that our deaths are not final, that love is the most important thing. And like St. Luke, our mission is to repeat that same old song of God's grace, to point to that icon of God's love in Jesus, to go as the Spirit sends us into action, 
We are an apostolic faith, meaning that Christianity is not about coming to church. It is about being sent by God on a mission of proclaiming the good news. Coming to church is important, yes, because it equips us for that mission. But our goal is not about coming here, rather going as St. Luke went and showed people the good news of the difference that Christ makes. St. Luke, as a physician, was an instrument of God's healing, an evangelist of the truth of God's love, an icon of God's abundant grace, and an apostle sent to bring others to know the riches of faith. We thank God that we are the recipients of this good news and pray that we might grow further in becoming a parish that is marked by the difference that Christ makes. Amen.